hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Thanks to Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve falling on Mondays, we've been away for a couple of weeks. It's great to be back. I hope everyone had a great holiday season. This is Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. A lot's happened over the last few weeks, so we have some catching up to do today. Let me start with the technical stuff, because as I've been saying for a while now, that when I was looking under the hood of the market, well, things didn't look so great. Since we've been on hiatus, the conditions have improved significantly, which to me implies further upside from here. The market has had this strong downside momentum in place since October, and I think it's finally been broken. I've been saying that I need to see a couple of days of strong buying to convince me that things are going to get better. And I've seen it. We've had two sessions, two days, December 26th and January 4th, where the upside volume has overwhelmed the downside momentum by a ratio of 10 to 1 or more. Not only has the volume momentum turned around, but we've also had a change in investor attitudes. The investment sentiment indicators, those are the contrarian indicators that we talk about, now show a significant level of pessimism. I said we need to see investors giving up before we hit a bottom. The latest report from Investors Intelligence showed a significant drop in the number of bulls and the highest number of bears since the end of the market correction in February 2016. And the Ned Davis trading sentiment composite shows the most pessimism since 2011. That's the bear market bottom. So, Individual investors have been bailing on stocks. As a matter of fact, they pulled more than $75 billion from equity mutual funds and ETFs during the month of December. When the herd is stampeding in one direction, often it makes sense to go in the other. I think it's time for long-term investors to do some buying. One name I'd look at if you're searching for total return would be AT&T, symbol T. T trades around $31 and's paying a better than 6.5% dividend. Now, the stock is down about 20% last year. And part of it was the market in general. And part of it was that investors are a little worried. They just bought Time Warner on top of their purchase of DirecTV a few years ago. So, They aren't just the old phone company now. They're competing in telecom, broadband, pay TVs, movies, and even online advertising. They're going to be launching the Warner Media Streaming Service later this year, and they'll also be selling a little bit less to Netflix. Disney's doing the same thing here. All these businesses have their challenges, but the point is is that they're trying to diversify their revenue streams. What really matters most is cash, free cash flow, the money they can return to us as shareholders. 
If you take management's word for it, they're estimating that they'll generate somewhere in the neighborhood of about $26 billion in free cash flow. And I'll tell you, that's a nice neighborhood to be in. The dividend takes up about $14 billion of that 26, and the rest they plan on using to reduce debt, along with other asset sales that they do. So, a little better than 50% of the free cash flow they generate goes to cover the dividend. That's actually a lower amount than it's been over the last 10 years. And this isn't a company that's going to grow earnings double digits. No, 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 no. That's not going to happen. I would guess that they grow in the low single digit range. To give you an idea, over the last five years, earnings have grown on average of about 4.5% per year. Now, if you take that 4.5% growth and you add in that 6.5% dividend, then that's a nice 10 to 11% total return you're looking at. That's assuming there's no change in the multiple or what investors are willing to pay for a dollar of their earnings. At $31, they're trading at around eight or nine times earnings, or said another way, the cheapest it's been in 10 or 15 years. I like it here, especially if you're an income-oriented investor. Next week, I'm going to start laying out what I think will happen in the coming year. I'll be doing my annual outlook. It'll be two different shows. The first one, I'm going to be talking about the big picture, the macro outlook and the economy. And then the following week, I'll focus on the fundamentals, which is what I do about 90% of the time. That show is the one where I'll do my stock picks for the coming year. Make sure you tune in. If you have a question, you can email me at podcast at xmlfg.com. Again, it's podcast, which is plural, at xmlfg.com. Next week, we're going to start to get earnings out for the fourth quarter. Next Tuesday, the 15th, is when JP Morgan and Wells Fargo release. And then we have Golden Sachs. Uh, Goldman Sachs, excuse me, Bank of America, uh, U.S. Bank Corps the day after. Now, according to FactSet, as of today, earnings for the S&P 500 are expected to grow at 11.4% for the quarter. And that's not too shabby. It's It's not the 25% growth that we've been getting over the last few quarters. But realistically, you can't grow that fast forever. It was inevitable that it's going to slow down. The question people are asking now is, what do earnings look like for 2019? And again, if we go by fact set, estimates are for full year earnings to grow at about 7.8%. And that's a big change from about a month ago. Analysts have been slashing their estimates all through December. They've reduced their numbers on more than half of the companies in the S&P 500. I said the current number is about 7.8% earnings growth. Back in November, it was 10.1%. Wall Street is clearly concerned about the Fed making a mistake and choking off economic growth. They're worried about the ongoing trade battle with China, a slowdown in global growth. So, we're going to want to pay attention to what these companies are saying when they release their earnings. Are earnings going to slow down to high single digits or did the analysts get caught up in pessimism? 
If you want to talk about pessimism, well, we don't need to look any farther than Apple, symbol AAPL. How much worse does it get? Eh, probably not much. I think it's a buy here. Shares are down about 35%. Yep, 35%. That Apple fell a long way from the tree. They had a disappointing uh, earnings season back in September. Then CEO Tim Cook released a letter last week with revised guidance for Apple's uh, fiscal first quarter. Revenue is ex- expected to experience a 5% decline year over year, which Apple blamed on the trade tensions with China. China. The good news is that non-iPhone segments, the services, Mac, Uh, The iPad, the watch, which my wife got one for Christmas and she loves it. All those combined are growing at close to 20%. And the service portions of the business is growing close to 30%. So the problem here is clearly the phone. People love these phones, but the replacement cycle is getting longer and longer, especially with the higher price models out there. When I look at Apple... I think the phone business is more of a slow grower going forward. The growth is going to come from the other parts of the business. And I think they have more opportunities in those businesses than they do from the iPhone anyhow. And that's okay. What I think is out of whack here is the valuation. The consensus earnings are for Apple to earn $12.13 this year. A week ago, The analysts would have told you they were going to be earning about $13.18. So they've cut it by more than a dollar. So Apple is trading at 12 times forward earnings or what we think the forward earnings are going to be. And the market is trading at 14 to 15 times. Apple trades for less than the average company. And I think that they're better than the average company. Most of you know, Apple has a lot of cash, probably north of $25 a share now. I think one of the biggest buyers of Apple stock in the coming year could be Apple itself. They have the world's largest repurchase program, and they're expected to buy back about $70 billion worth of shares during the coming year. That's about 8% of the outstanding shares. Let's step away and take a quick break. This is Eric Whiteman in Common Sense Investing. We are back in a moment. You've worked hard. You've saved and invested. Now you want to make sure all your hard work pays off. Now's the time to start planning for that future. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. No two people have the same goals and values. We can help you craft a framework for making a lifetime of smart financial decisions that's right for you. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Call us at 301-770-5234. Thank you and welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. So glad you could join me today. Don't forget to visit us at XMLFG.com. That's our website, XMLFG.com. That's where you can learn more about us. If you're looking for some assistance with your financial planning and investing, 
or you're thinking about making a change, well, we'd love to talk to you. We have offices in Rockville, Maryland, and Tyson's Corner, Virginia. And of course, we work with clients all over the country. Don't be shy. We'd love to hear from you. The number is 571-261-7670. Once again, it's 571-261-7670. Or you can email us. Again, it's podcast at XMLFG. We have some pretty exciting stuff coming up. Uh, over the next couple of months, we'll be announcing those things. As I mentioned earlier, next week, I'm starting our annual outlook. This year, I'm going to be doing it over the course of two shows. The first one, we'll look at the big picture. What happened last year? What we did right? What we did wrong? What we can learn from it, of course. And what I think will happen in the year to come. And then the second show is when I give you my best ideas for the coming year. And we'll also review some of our current holdings. So make sure you tune in for both of those shows. Over the holiday break, we traveled out west to do some skiing. We do this, we've been doing it for a number of years now. And we met up with some old friends while we were out there who also happened to listen to the show. And over dinner one night, the conversation turned to investing. And someone asked me, is it too late to buy Caterpillar, symbol C-A-T? And Cat is one that I talked about a couple of months ago. Now, to finish with the conclusion, no, I don't think it's too late. If you know anything about Caterpillar, you probably know that the stock got annihilated back in late October. Now, This isn't a long-term core type holding. It's much too cyclical in nature for that. At the beginning of October, the stock was $159, and then it dropped down to around $110, $112. It was down about 30%. That was after it announced earnings. Investors were, and clearly are, still concerned about a prolonged trade war and the input cost increases, namely the price of steel they use to make all their equipment has gone up by about 30%. And I'm worried about that too. But I think it's more than discounted in the price of the shares. Even after a rebound from 112 to where it sits now around 128, this stock is about as cheap as it's been in 15 years. And business ain't that bad. I say business isn't that bad because the last time they reported earnings, sales were up 18% over the previous year. And that growth was across all three segments of their business. That's the construction uh, resources and the energy and transportation segments. So this top line advance overcame a rise in manufacturing costs, which reflected higher freight and material expenses due to the increase in uh, steel prices and tariffs. Moreover, it was the best third quarter profit performance in the company's history. And the stock got crushed. Crushed. The way I see it, most of their end markets continue to gain strength. The orders in the backlog remain pretty healthy. And what's really interesting is, as I told you earlier, analysts have been slashing the numbers for more than half of the companies in the S&P 500. With CAT 
their earnings consensus has actually gone up over the last couple of months. The consensus is for them to earn about $12.81 a share, which, if that's right, has them trading at about 10 times this year's earnings, which is about the cheapest as it, that it gets, at least over the last 15 years. So, yes, the bad news is the price of steel has gone up 30%. And to offset this cost increase, they've relied on price increases, which long-term isn't probably sustainable, especially since some of the industries they do serve have probably reached their peaks. There's no doubt that this is an economically sensitive business, so it should trade at a lesser multiple than a business that isn't cyclical. But at $130, and it's trading around 10 times this year's earnings estimates, and you get a better than 2.5% dividend while you own it, I don't think it's too late to be buying it. But you always have to do your own research to make sure it's appropriate for your portfolio. You always have to assume that, I own the stocks that I talk about because I eat my own cooking, as they say. I own Apple. I own AT&T and Cat. Okay, that's about all we have time for this week. This is Eric Whiteman in Common Sense Investing. We'll be back next Wednesday when we kick off our annual outlook. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.